0: Ladies, we are so blessed to have Jerry Christian with us this morning. Um, Jerry, I can't even remember the first time we met, but she's been in my life for a really long time and that's a super blessing for me because she is a woman of faith, a woman of God who, who walks it out. I know she has this inner spring of just wisdom and peace and love that she's just gonna bubble up and just bless you this morning. So can we just welcome Jerry as she comes? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Thank you. So I saw something when we were worshiping. So we're going to start kind of off the wall, right? So, um, We, most of us, know enough of the word to know that we are children of God, right? That's what the word says. That is God's heart toward us. There's no question about that. The problem comes that for many of us, we feel like we were behind the door when God was handing out blessings. You know, like somehow we got overlooked. Or those promises and all that good stuff is something I see in the lives of other people. But I don't really, I don't feel it. Okay, so I want to ask a question and I want you to raise your hand, okay? If this is you. You don't have to lie, just if it's you. So in the last day, week, month, year, five years or more. (laughs) How many people in this room have been that person where you did not feel, you were not secure in the fact that God really loves me and I belong to him. It's me. Okay, look around everybody, did you see that? You see all the hands? So no shame in fighting that battle. No shame in struggling with who am I and what is God's heart toward me? There's no shame in that. This is not about perfection. So if in this day, today, this morning, that is hard. If in this day, There's stuff going on in your heart and maybe you don't understand it. You just feel it, you know? You feel the the closed out part where you can't quite reach. You can't quite break through even though you know. You know, sometimes you can or maybe you can't but you want to and you see other people do it. If that's you, will you raise your hand Okay, I see hands. If you're really brave, I'm going to ask you to stand up and I want to pray over you right where you are and I want everyone else to agree with me. Okay? Because we've been there. We know what it's like. Okay, there were more hands than that. I'm calling you. Don't miss out on what God wants to deal with. Stand up. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I think there were more than that, but I'm not going to wait. If you get brave, stand up while we're praying. Okay? So the word says, speak to the mountain. In our lives, there are mountains that want to keep us away from God. So we're going to do that. Father, thank you for your promises that everything of heaven belongs to us. So we come and for these who know that they need more of you and they can't reach you. They don't know how to break through. And we speak to the mountain that comes against them and say, in Jesus' name, fall. In Jesus' name, move. In Jesus' name, we plead the blood of Jesus over these lives and hearts, and we declare them to be who you call them to be, precious daughters. You are theirs and they are yours. Each one. Each one. In Jesus' name. Yes. In Jesus' name we command the wall of defense, the wall of safety to come down. Because Father God, you are safety for us. In Jesus' name we surrender to you, whatever it might be. And we ask for your truth as we walk through today and each day. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, ladies. You are awesome. Awesome. So um my, my message, it was funny. I titled it and it's kind of a joke. So it's Holy Spirit Cardiologist. Has anybody ever been to see a cardiologist? What do they what do they study? What? Your heart. Right. So, who knows your heart better than the Holy Spirit? Nobody. I'm telling you. The word gives us a picture of who he is that he brings back every word that God has spoken. He is the comforter. Um, John 14, 18, Jesus says to his disciples, you know, he's going to go, and they're kind of freaking out, even though they don't understand it really well. And he says, I will not leave you comfortless. And the word there is, I will not leave you an orphan. And it was the Holy Spirit coming that was the answer to that promise. And so when we, when we deal with that sense of um, isolation or the hardness in hearing his voice sometimes, you know, where you feel like, it's like when you have a cold and you can't quite hear, I've got to do something here. With my ear, I'm not hearing. Um, the Holy Spirit is the one that steps in to that place of being able to speak to our hearts. Uh, Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, for a long time I thought that, you know, that's kind of like a saint thing. Who are the pure in heart? It's probably um, little kids and grandmas who are prayer warriors. You know, they are the pure in heart, Um, certainly not me. But what I found out is that the condition of my heart is something that God is all about. The word says that our hearts are deceitful and who can know them? Really, we go through life trying to cope with what happens Um, and responding to what happens in whatever way we can to feel um, safe, to accomplish what is our heart's desire, it's hard for us to interpret what's going on inside. It's hard for us to really understand the cause and effect. And often we deal with life on a somewhat superficial level. This is how I was raised. These are the right things to do. Those are the wrong things to do. Um, I just do my best, right? We live the the church life, the good life. Um, But we end up feeling kind of disconnected and we sometimes don't understand why and we don't know what to do about real intimacy with God. So probably about... Um, I don't know. A couple months ago, the Lord started talking to me about this and started showing me how we really live all of life out of our hearts. You remember that proverb: "Guard your heart, for from it flow the issues of life." Every important thing in life comes through your heart. Every relationship is affected by what's happening in your heart. Every accomplishment, every failure is likely to have some sort of a place in your heart. So when it says guard, it doesn't mean shut everybody out. It just means be protective, be alert, pay attention. Proverbs 20 verse 12 says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. So that's so cool to me. God gives us the ability to see what is in our heart. He does, he wants us to be able to deal with things that are not necessarily visible, but they're visible to him, right? How does that proverb go? The spirit of the Lord, or the spirit of a man, is I can't think of it. The candle of the Lord. There you go. Thank you. Yes. God sees on the inside of us through our spirit, man, and he sees completely nothing hidden, nothing disguised. You know, on the outside we can make things look pretty good, but the real us is a combination of what looks pretty good and what is really good about the way God made us, and then all the junk, the junk we lived through and the junk we carry around. So um, my husband is nervous while I'm here because when I get a microphone, you never know what I'm going to (laughs) say. which is really fun for me. Um, And he's not here, and he doesn't have a car, so he can't get here, so I can say anything. (laughs) So um, I have been battling since November with something with this arm. It's not right, but God is making it right. Meanwhile, it's hard to do my hair. I can't get that where it needs to be. So this morning, <laughs> my husband used a curling iron for the first time, <laughs> and here I am, you know, I, the shower, which is a challenge, and blowing it dry, which is a challenge, and then I can use it. It wasn't a curling iron; it was the flat the iron. St- flat iron, and I'm, you know, straightening it all out. And I look <laughs> in the back, and it's just flat, you know, like there's just nothing there. It's got product in it, but. So I, I begged him, and he 's like it 's like you feel when your husband hands you a tool in the garage that you never touched before it 's like, "What do I do with this you know and he 's looking at it and he <laughs> but he really helped. He really see, did he do a good job? He did a very good job. I was so thankful. I did not want to come in here with a flat head <laughs> So that would have been, for me, awkward and uncomfortable. It wouldn't have stopped anything that God wanted to say, but it would be a distraction for me. Okay, a little while ago, can you hand me that, please? (laughs) A little while ago, this was full. It's my spinach drink. And I was talking to a friend and it got bumped, and it went all over the floor. All over the floor, probably 12 ounces. Because I had had some. So, um, those things can so be a total hindrance to what the day is about. A total obstacle To where God wants to take us. You know, it didn't bother me. It was kind of funny. You know, she only got one boot just a little bit. So it was like, try harder next time. (laughs) You know, but when that happens to you, what happens on the inside? What voice do you hear? How do you... How do you hold your peace? How do you maintain your sense of God's presence in your life when things don't go well? So that's what we're gonna talk about cause that's what he's talking about. That we're not vulnerable to the enemy and his lies. So when you go into the cardiologist, probably the most simple thing they do is take your blood pressure. Right? So, your blood pressure measures the work of your heart. That upper number measures your heart at work. How much effort is it putting out? The lower number measures your heart at rest, in between beats. Just that little snippet of time, your heart has a chance to coast for just a second, not even a second, you know? So, It used to be they thought that one number was more important than the other. They don't anymore. But that lower number, um, it is important. And if it is elevated, it means that you're in trouble. It means that your heart is not resting. Your heart needs to rest. And this, this is true of us at every level. We're not made to just be worker bees. We're made for a lot more. Why would your heart not rest? If God designed it to rest in between effort, why would it not? Well, there's reasons that probably the simplest way to explain it is if you think of your circulation as you know, your blood coming out of your aorta and it, it, the, the vessels continue to branch, 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 down to the tiniest, little tiny arterioles, like in your toes, and then the little tiniest veins that go back toward your heart and then they join, 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 join until they're really big and the blood goes back to your heart, right? So it's like a loop. In the skinniest, narrowest little vessels, you start having a constriction. It's like the balloon that's got um, an ace bandage wrapped around it, so it can't expand and contract. It's stuck at a tight place. And so then you have back pressure up the system because it's not working the way it's supposed to. So that back pressure then causes damage. And that's why one number's not more important than the other. It's all interconnected, and when something's wrong, it affects everything. It affects everything. So... Um, I missed. Oh, and the other thing is that sometimes your heart is not resting because it's trying to compensate for something that's not working well. If you have kidney disease, it can affect your heart. Um, If you have thyroid disease, it can affect your heart. It's not like your heart exists in limbo. It's connected to all of you. And so the the other thing, and it, it is it is connected to that increase in pressure all through your body, is stress. Stress. When we are stressed, it's like being in a low-level adrenaline response. Has anyone ever been like totally freaked out, totally scared out of their mind? We've had things happen, it could be somebody's crazy joke, or it could be something really bad. And your body just goes into overdrive, and you feel the adrenaline. And even if it's a joke and you understand it's a joke, inside you can feel that adrenaline and all of your body's responses inside. So when you live with that all the time, When stress causes that to be a part of all of your life and there's no rest, it causes damage. Because God didn't make us to live without rest. So what happens when something that is not a heart problem, like stress, what happens when it becomes a heart problem? It affects us everywhere, right? It affects everything. Having a little high pressure in my toes is not a big deal, but if my heart quits working well, I'm in trouble. It affects a lot. So what happens with our emotional hearts? What happens when we don't deal with the little stuff and it stays there and it keeps working on what um, what God intended. It keeps blocking what God intended for us. Well, <clears throat> anything that interferes with my ability to rest in God, anything that interferes with my ability to trust him for protection or provision is gonna hurt me. It's gonna cause burnout It's going to empower the enemy in the ways that he attacks my soul. It's gonna make it hard for me to believe God for what he has already promised me. It's gonna cause hardening of the attitudes, right? On a circulatory level, we have hardening of the arteries. But on a heart level, if we don't find our rest in God, We choose our attitudes as something to hide behind. It's something that protects us. We can control by choosing attitudes. We don't have to be vulnerable. It's very sad. Uh, Well, let me put it this way. We all know a number of older people. They're, they're, They're in our lives, right? You see the difference between the ones that are tender toward other people and the ones that are hard. That is us. If we don't rest in God and if we don't have the um, understanding to let him deal with our hearts, that is where we're headed because we're all in life one day at a time headed toward the end. We don't think about it. Some of us don't like to think about it, but I'm telling you, this is the train ride we're on. There's only one way out, and we want every day to count for good stuff. So we don't want to let anyone or anything steal what God has for us. A tender heart is what allows the Holy Spirit to minister to us and through us, So we have to not let the enemy steal our place to rest in God. What God showed me when he started talking about this is how how we can be so um, blind to what is going on in our hearts. We're just doing life the best we can. It's just what it is. We need him to show us though. What what's really happening in here? I know something's not right. I know it's hard. What do you see? So he might show us that we're not resting. He might show us something else. Um sometimes the cardiologist cardiologist will do a heart cath. They put a, a catheter in and they they look for structural or functional problems. Things that interfere with Um, the flow of blood to and through our hearts. Because we depend on good blood flow. If there's not blood, we're not moving very good. We're not feeling very good. The same way our lives depend on the flow of blood from heaven. At the very basic level, we depend on the flow of blood from the cross of Jesus. There is no relationship with God without that flow. I've been, um, God's had me in a season where I'm doing communion every morning, just me and him, and it's really fun. And I've been stuck on Luke 22, and it just, it has a power of phrase that arrests me every day. It talks about his body given for you. His blood poured out for you. That nails me. We need access to that blood. It is ours. Jesus died so that we could have intimate relationship with him, so that we could have power over sin, death, and the devil. That's his plan. The blood of Jesus redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of light, right? Right. The work that he accomplished in his death, burial and resurrection is what empowers us to live in his kingdom today. Does everybody live in his kingdom? Do you see people around you that are not living in the kingdom of God? Sure, we know a lot of people that don't know him and don't want to know him. Do we live in his kingdom? Sort of. Just be real. Come on. We live in his kingdom to the degree that we choose to, to the degree that we understand. That was something Steve Hage talked about that just blew me out of the water that Monday night um, when he shared in the, in the fasting prayer sec- session. He talked about how we are of the kingdom of God, but we often don't live out of that kingdom because we don't understand. We don't lay hold of what comes from the kingdom of God and bring it into our lives today, here and now. So we live under the kingdom of this world. We live in defeat, we live in fear, We live in lack, we live in, you know, all the junk that everyone else does. And we can't always control everything that happens around us, but we are not called to live under the authority of the enemy. So, there can be things that block the flow of his blood and his kingdom into our lives. And the first one is, if we have never been born of that kingdom, then what we have is head knowledge. And we're good at that, right? I grew up Christian Reformed. I knew, I knew a lot. I didn't know Jesus, but I knew a lot of stuff. I had a lot of church. So that's something that each one of us have to know from God. Are we born of the blood of Jesus and of his kingdom? If we're not, if we're not connected to him, paid for by his blood, cleansed by his blood, part of his family, one of his daughters, then we have to make it right. And we can do it with a really simple prayer. Really, really simple. Because he wants it. He's not putting hindrances in the way. Right? He's passionate about us. I wonder, is there anyone here that wants to be sure? If that's you, and you're just not sure, will you stick your hand up really quick? And I'm in one. One. Anyone else? Come on, come on, come on, come on. So let's pray real quick. So, Father, you know hearts. You know where we're at. We choose you. We choose your provision. We choose Jesus. Thank you, Lord, your word says that that blood was shed for us. And we say yes to the blood of Jesus. We say yes to relationship with you. We say yes to laying down the me life and picking up the life surrendered to Jesus. We ask that you would forgive our sin and restore that relationship with our Father God. We ask that you would cleanse us of all sin and restore to us what we have been lacking for so long. The cry of our heart to know our Father God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. He does it, he does it, only he does it. So, sometimes When they do a heart cath, they find out that our blood flow, the flow through our heart and and to the rest of us is blocked by something. In the natural, it could be a valve in the heart isn't functioning right. Maybe it doesn't open far enough or maybe it's scarred so that it's stiff. Um, Maybe there's damage to heart muscle. When you have a heart attack, there's damage to the muscle and it can't work well. Or maybe the electrical system. Did you know your heart has an electrical system? It does. And sometimes there can be damage to that so that it can't work. Well, in our soul heart, there are really big possibilities. We can have emotional pain, and pain is a symptom of something that's wrong. Right? If there's pain, In your body, it tells you something's wrong. Maybe you stubbed your toe, or slept on your arm wrong, or maybe worse, so you check it out. Emotional pain is evidence that we need help or healing, and pain interferes with our quote unquote normal life, like me being able to curl my hair. We are not designed to carry pain forever. We are designed by God to heal. And he is the one who more than anything wants to be our healer, right? When we belong to him, he wants to heal us. He wants us able to do all the stuff he created us to do. No hindrance. We can be hindered by the things that we believe. If I believe a lie about who I am, if I believe that God is not passionate about me, about my life, about how, who he made me to be, I can believe I don't matter, I'm not important. That's gonna block my walk with God. Who wants to hang out and, and just share their heart with someone who doesn't really care. We tend to not do very much of that. I could believe that God is busy. He's too busy for me. Um, I used to believe, okay, just another true confessions moment. I used to believe, you know, the word says that God loves everyone. I thought, poor God, he has to obey his word. That means he has to love me. He has no choice. That truly was what I thought. (laughs) Well then you find out, not only does he love you, he is excited about loving you. He is passionate about who you are and who he made you to be. He thinks you're awesome. He loves you more than you love you. Isn't that good? We need to hear from him. Lord, why do you love me? What do you see in me that makes me precious to you? We could think he's critical or frustrated or angry because of our failures. That's not going to help intimacy either. They're blockages. We could believe that it's up to us to perform well. If I do well, God will be happy. If I don't miss anything, if I take charge and make sure everything turns out. Or we might believe the opposite, I can't do well. I will, could believe that other people, I could believe that men will always do me wrong. Or that can't ever trust other women, you know. They won't, they won't like me. They won't like who I am. It's not safe to be real, that all things that interfere with the flow of God to and through my heart. So some of us really know that these things are lies because we know what the word says and we've processed. For other people, we can know it's a lie and yet it really feels true, right? It feels true. And so those are the things that we want to bring to God. He showed me one time, you know, because I had that sort of a poverty mentality as far as my relationship with him. How many of you have seen the first Matrix movie? It's one of my favorites. So you remember when they got all geared up for going out on the mission the first time? God showed me a picture that was like that. It was like the whole world was white, but there's this hallway in front of me. And from where I'm standing, as far as I can see, to the vanishing point, like way, way down there, there's this wide hallway, and there's these doors, black doors on both sides, marching down the hallway. And every door is open. And he said, everything I have is yours. These rooms are full of all of his promises. It's like in Matrix, all they got was a couple shelves. (laughs) You know, but I have the resources of heaven. (laughs) That's like, they just don't even have a clue. How does it feel to you? What is your resource? What resources are yours? When you think about asking God for something, do you have a coat closet or a giant warehouse that you can't even see the end of that tells you something about how you see God's attitude toward you? And if it doesn't agree with him, then we wanna let him come in and help us change, help us see what's wrong help us see how we get this kind of crazy twisted idea about who he really is. Sometimes our hearts show pain and anger as a response because of how people have treated us. Those are real things. It's real when somebody sins against us and we have to deal with it. You can't undo it and we can't make them change. We can't make them repent. But God says, he commands us to forgive between us and him, not talking to the other guy, between us and him. If we forgive, then this mountain of garbage that somebody else downloaded into our life no longer has the power to keep us stuck in the desert. Unforgiveness, according to the word, unforgiveness, comes with torment, right? And so if life stinks, let's get rid of the garbage. Somebody dumped it into our yard. Do we want to keep it? No. Let's bag it and send it. Go to the Holy Ghost garbage disposal service, right? So that's what we do. I don't have time to talk about effective forgiveness, but there's lots of stuff online and in the bookstore for spiritual effective forgiveness, not just, okay, I know I need to forgive. I forgive them. That doesn't work. It's not hard, but it is specific. So... All these things can feel true to us some of the time. But because they oppose what God says is true, we know it's a lie. The problem is that just knowing it is not enough. Because they oppose what God says is true, they interfere with the flow of his presence and the flow of his promises in us. And we have to make a choice then to turn, to turn to God, to turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what is this? What is this thing that keeps me from all of you? Show me what it is because, you know, I see this piece and I see that piece, but I don't even know what to do with that. Number one, it feels like a mountain and it's big. So can we do that? You know, we don't have time to do a lot, but we have time to do a little. Let's, um, I know that you heard from Deb some things about hearing God last week. So let's go back there. Can we just pray for a minute together? Because I don't know what's in your heart. And you probably don't know everything that's in your heart, but the Holy Spirit does, and he knows what's important to deal with, what he wants to show you today. The Holy Spirit, again, we surrender to you. Surrender the microphone. Speak to us. You know what's inside us. We ask, Holy Spirit, would you show us each one right where we're at? Give us a picture, a face, a place, a word. Is there anything that interferes, anything that's a block to your flow in us? Holy Spirit, these, these things that we see and feel, interfere we we repent for letting them take up space on the inside of us we renounce them in Jesus name and we break every agreement in our heart with these things that don't agree with you break agreement, I want you to say that even just under your breath I break agreement with this thing that comes against my heart we surrender it to you Father God that you would take it take it out would you show us us our hearts the way you see them. Show us how you see us, each one. Show me, Lord, how you see me. So we're asking, Holy Spirit, that we can walk away from a meeting like this. We can leave church and go home and do the, the normal life things. We ask that you would continue to be that Holy Spirit, doctor, helper that understands where our heart's at and works to bring freedom and health and strength to our hearts. It is our heart's desire, Father, to connect with you like never before, more than we have even with our family here on earth. You've made us for relationship and we don't want to miss that. We don't want to get to the end and find out that there's so much that we could have enjoyed, could have walked with you in, could have trusted you for and depended on you with. Jesus, we ask that you would give us eyes to see you and ears to hear you in new ways. And we thank you for it. Jesus name.